Hello and welcome back to the Break It Down for Brackets podcast. Today, Jamie Haddon will be hosting and talking about parenting a chronically ill child during the holidays. Hello. Jamie, thanks for being on the podcast. Who thanks are your for guests? Us. Our guests today are uh, Kimberly and Jeanette. Uh, Kimberly, hi. How are you? I'm doing well. So tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I am a single mom of two girls. The oldest one is 13, and the youngest is 11. And I am a member of the Bros and Bras and um, live in this area of the Charlestown, Martinsburg, West Virginia area. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, one of your daughters has a congenital heart defect. Is that correct? Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit? So Amelia is my youngest, and she was born at 39 weeks, um, scheduled C-section, and um, she went undiagnosed in utero with um, her heart condition. It wasn't until she was eight weeks old um, when we were back at the doctor's office um, that she was diagnosed with failure to thrive and that they found a heart murmur. Um, And so around... December 20th, we um, were told that we needed to show up at the hospital for an echocardiogram. And um, during that part, we were told that um, she had a heart condition and we needed to stay around to visit the um, traveling cardiologist that happened to be coming up that day um, to the Winchester area. Was was there no pediatric cardiologist here at the time? Is there still not one? So currently in um, the West Virginia area, there is not any um, in the Eastern Panhandle for pediatric cardiology. Um, In the Winchester area, um, you usually have to travel to either Inova, um, which is in Fairfax, Children's Hospital in DC, or UVA, um, which is in Charlottesville. And um, During that time, UVA was having, um, once a week, a cardiologist um, that specialized in pediatrics come up, um, and now they do have an office, um, a satellite office, that has some of the specialties in in the Winchester area, but sometimes the doctors for those different specialties are not always there every day. Actually, that makes sense, yeah. My daughter's endocrinologist is, uh, is in Fairfax, too, so... That makes sense. So, and we also have uh, with us today Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette, tell us a little bit about you. Hello, um, I live in Shenandoah Junction, West Virginia. My husband was born and raised here. Um, I grew up in Baltimore. We have a five-year-old daughter, Macy. She has type one bi- diabetes and celiac. Um, she was diagnosed when she was two, um, which was a huge surprise for us during the pandemic. Um, so we've just been trying to adjust to that as best we can daily life with a toddler with all that fun stuff added in um but yeah she's really she's really great but there's you know a lot of challenges involved with that um you know none of her doctors are in this area either of course um her specialists are all in Fairfax um the day she was diagnosed actually we took her to her pediatrician and they had us drive her an hour and a half in the car ourselves sent us to the wrong hospital Oh, no. Um, and then we had to, again, drive to another hospital. <laughs> um, so it was a little bit of a, am I allowed to say shit show? Go for it. Okay. It was a <laughs> shit show, for sure. Um, 
And of course, I had to take her in. My husband had to wait in the car in the parking lot in 90 degrees um, because it was the pandemic and only one parent was allowed. So he was outside for about 12 hours by himself. Wow. Um, So I think I digress, but it's just, (laughs) that's just one little piece of kind of everything that goes along with it. And I, as Kevin said, am uh, Jamie Haddon. I live in Shannondale. Um, I've been in this area my whole life. Um, my husband grew up in Potomac, and then they moved here when he was a teenager. We have two kids, one adult child and one 17-year-old. My 17-year-old was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic when she was 11, two weeks before her 12th birthday. So we're about five and a half years in. Uh, the shit show, I think, during diagnosis is probably a common thing we all experience. <laughs> I, I took mine to urgent care for something completely unrelated, and the first thing they did was check the blood sugar, and I was like, what? And they said, oh, it's over 200, you need to go to the ER, when they found out she hadn't eaten in, oh, four hours. And I knew what it meant. Uh, I have a family history of, I actually have a family history of type 1 diabetes, so I knew immediately. I managed to keep it together until we were in Ashburn. Then they sent us to Fairfax. They sent her by ambulance, made me ride or drive myself. I couldn't ride with her. Oh, gosh. And I cried the whole way. Oh, of course. Shit show. Yeah. So... Shameless plug here, we did a podcast on parenting the chronically ill child uh, about a year ago, year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of our follow-up. Um, one of the things you find out when you have, well, having kids means your schedule's pretty much crazy all the time anyway. Now try adding in chronically ill children with holidays and illnesses. This has been, what, the third reschedule we've done of this one. Yes. So <laughs> I'm glad we were able to get together and during this time, because I did want to talk about the difficulties, right? And I mean, the holidays can be difficult alone when you have kids and you're managing families and travel and all that stuff. But, you know, throwing in a heart condition, a di- diabetes or any other like chronic condition, even celiac, right? As we talk a little bit more about that this time, since Kate's now become a little symptomatic where she wasn't before. Oh, wow. Um, so we thought it would be good to get together and kind of talk about that. Um, did a little statistic hunting uh, beforehand. So healthychildren.org tells me that there are 10 to 20 million children or teens in the U.S. with some form of chronic illness or disability. Uh, They define chronic as a health condition that lasts anywhere from three months to a lifetime. And traffic accidents alone increased 25% during November, December, and January. So clearly, right, deductive reasoning tells us that that means more more kids are going to be involved in more accidents during the holidays when this isn't exactly maybe the best time for them to be in the hospital. Absolutely. So, um, they have a couple questions. Um, do you find, Kimberly, that you have any particularly challenging aspects of parenting at this time of year that are particular to the holidays? Um, well, just overall, we always have to watch, especially now um, that we're coming out of the pandemic, um, we have to watch to make sure that um, Amelia is healthy or other people um, that we may be going to their homes are healthy um, because even with the simple colds or just regular viruses that are out um, and about this time of year in the winter months, um, when Amelia gets sick, she usually takes a little longer just because of the way her heart is made um, to recover. Um, And so we usually really try to just watch who she's around, um, what she's, you know, what she's touching or where she's going, 
um, especially when we were younger. Like, she didn't understand why we wouldn't let her play in, like, the play houses and different things like that. What about you, Jeanette? You find anything particularly challenging over the holidays? Oh, yeah. I will use this week as an example. So I'm also part of the Bros and Bras. Um, we're doing our turkey trot tomorrow morning. Yep. I'm taking my daughter for her first fun run, um, which means waking her up early, trying to feed her breakfast, giving her a full insulin dose, um, seeing where that takes us, um, seeing how active she's actually going to be because um, she's either going to sprint the whole time or she's going to want to ride in the stroller. It's one or the other. Um, just So just trying to be prepared for all those variables that you can't really prepare for. Um, taking food, snacks, low treatments, all kinds of fun stuff. It's also going to be 28 degrees tomorrow, so there we go. Throw in weather. Um, I'm excited, but it's just, you know, it's about 50 more variables than I would normally plan for. Um, but it should be good. Um, and then we're hosting my family. So I've been prepping all week, figuring out recipes, carb counts, everything's gluten-free. I told my family, don't bring anything. We're all just kind of like splitting the grocery bill because nice. it's easier for me to figure it out. I'm a control freak when it comes to her health. So just making sure that I know what's in all the ingredients and recipes and everything. Um, so this morning she was helping me in the kitchen. She loves to, which is really stressful for me. Um, because I'm trying to, you know, make sure everything's, like, measured exactly. And she's, like, dumping half the flour on the floor <laughs> and, you know, like, eating all the vegetables as we make it. So it's definitely, it's interesting. We're making it work. I always think it's not going to be stressful, and then it's, like, way stressful. Um, but, yeah, I think hosting it was probably the best plan. Um, and then we're going to our family's house on Friday. They're all having pizza and playing board games so Fun. we're gonna go late and yep. eat in the car and you know it's an hour and a half away and everyone's gonna have to wash their hands and wipe down the tables before we get there because of gluten and all that fun stuff so I just feel like a little bit I don't know like we're missing out on a little bit but also we're just doing what we have to do to keep her safe so. absolutely absolutely I have found since uh, Kate's diagnosis that it's just easier to host things at my house I can control the ingredients, I can control the carbs, I can control what we're having. Yes. So yeah, I can get the one-to-one -one gluten free flour, make sure everything's fine, right? Gravy is gluten free, everything's gluten free. And then and nobody really ever has a complaint about that. Like they don't they don't know the difference half the time. Right. So it tastes fine. You just have everybody over and you know, sometimes that can be stressful in and of itself, but you know, the families I mean my one kid, you know, he's an adult, so he does back and forth with his his partners family and our family so um you know there's just my father-in-law and my mom so we keep it relatively small and um we just cook and everybody has fun at our house but <clears throat> the challenge that that I'm facing now uh, actually overall is as my child grows older and she will be an adult next year wow I have less control over what she's right what she's taking in what her intake is did you get the carb count for that yes what is it you know, she could rattle off any number that she wants to me. I don't know if it's right or not. Sometimes I'll check, but we're now entering this phase where I still have to be interested, but I have to be hands off or she gets really upset and frustrated. She's like, I can do this myself. Yeah. And at 16, 17, she's 17. She has to be able to do it herself. Mm -hmm. So that's become its own little interesting little worry and challenge. And like even back on Halloween, 
and we can't really control the candy intake and at 17 she still wanted to trick-or-treat and I thought that was great so her and her friends went to a neighborhood and they did some trick-or-treating I don't know how much candy she had <laughs> before she got home but uh, yeah that whole the whole independence thing kind of presents mm-hmm. uh, a lot of unique worries um, that we have and Jamie I will add um, so Amelia has um, atrioventricular canal defect with mitral valve regurgitation as well as subaortic stenosis and she was also diagnosed with thermoregulation abnormalities so now anytime like there's any winter events or any events outside um, we have to watch because although she can monitor it herself she will usually always like be bundled up and have like more layers than the average person just to keep herself warm um so she loves as she gets older she really likes doing everything her friends are doing or everybody else is doing because she wants to fit in but at the same time we're facing as like you said with the independence thing as she's getting older she wants to do some of those things but it's also you know you know she'll be out there chattering and just you know bundled up but yet we can't you know like or we might not be able to stay out as long um, because of that issue as well. So Kimberly, are you, are you able to come to the turkey trot tomorrow morning? Are you doing that? I Shameless. am not. <laughs> For a good reason. <laughs> Shameless plug, uh, James Rumsey Technical Institute is doing a turkey trot 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Well, that's Thanksgiving. This won't. Assuming it's produced in the next hour. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind. So yes, we're doing a turkey trot on Thanksgiving. Um, I am going, and actually, yeah, Kate is coming too. So awesome. With the whole, yeah, how is the cold going to impact her blood sugar? I have to now make sure that she's over a certain number before we leave in the morning because she won't eat. So it's either going to be make sure we bring coffee, which Shabul is for, and and you know sweeten or lighten with the creamer that she has. Um, so she'll either get the coffee, or I'll have to make sure that she brings something, and. It, that that is its own you know extra challenge yep anytime you have insulin before activity it could really tank you or it might just not be enough you never know it'll it's always its own challenge now amelia and my oldest audrey will be joining um, for the christmas 5k in south berkeley um, that's something that we've done for a while and um, she really enjoys that um, and so she will you know, bundle up and do what she needs to the day to prepare for that being outside. And then she also tires out easily. So the first year we did it, she basically, I carried her on my back, back to the car. And then before we were out of the parking lot, she was sound asleep. And that was maybe two years ago. So she does tire very easily. I think that was the year I ran with Audrey at the uh, (laughs) South Berkeley 5k. Yeah, she's fast. Um, so going back to actually, I did mention Kate and Halloween. Um, so what do you find the biggest battles to be around that? Is it costumes or is it candy? Um, I would say neither for those, um, out of those choices, I would say it's the walking. Um, now as she gets older, she's doing much better with not getting tired as easily. Um, but when she was, you know, younger, Um, It was definitely, you know, one of the signs that we knew her heart was different, even though she was considered heart healthy, is that she would just tire really easily. 
Um, and so if we're doing anything where, you know, there's a lot of walking or, you know, if we're hiking outside, even in the fall, um, you know, if we're doing a lot of hills or something, um, I get a nice workout of carrying a weighted child on my back sometimes. <laughs> so I would say just for my daughter with her issues, it would just be the amount of walking that she has to do. What about for Macy? I would agree. Like Halloween, as an example, um, was sort of a challenge because our neighborhood is very spread out. Um, she was very interested in trick-or-treating. And we've always kind of given our neighbors a heads up, like, hey, we'll drop off like some art supplies, bubbles, like some approved treats kind of thing um, just in advance because we didn't want her getting a bunch yeah. of gluten-filled junk. That's, That's yes. nice, though. That's and they're awesome, and sometimes they put in, like, Barbies and, you know, like, different stuff like that. Um. So our endocrinologist, when, when Kate was younger, would give us a list, you know. Uh, this is the carb counts for the fun sizes of the candies because they wouldn't always have them, which doesn't really help when your kid's got a gluten allergy because that doesn't tell you anything about the celiac content for candy. Right. So, yeah, we try to find, like, gluten-free stuff for the house or... You know, but with her being older now, she doesn't get the big candy haul anymore. And half the time, the candy that they do get, her and her friends will distribute to Littles. And she doesn't bring home a whole lot of it. So that is actually not a worry for us as much anymore. Can I just ask, like, what would be some candy or food-appropriate choices that they could get on Halloween if they have dia type 1 diabetes? We do, like, a lot of the Quest products. They're, like, protein products. So they have, like, chips and bars, like, protein bars. They have some, like, peanut butter cups. It's way better than um, supplies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she definitely gets food. Trust me. She gets plenty of food, <laughs> but she loves art supplies. Day, they, she would prefer art supplies to candy. <laughs> um, but I have, I have a budding artist, so. And there are certain candies that you know are gluten-free, and I actually don't remember which ones they are off the top of my head. But they are on the Internet, like... These are these are most these are gluten free. These are questionable. These are these contain gluten. So you can find those lists now on the internet fairly easily. Um, yeah, my go-to resource is the Celiac Space on Instagram. She has it's a dietitian that yeah. has um, celiac, and she's got tons of resources. Like all of her stories have different highlights. Like if you're going to Starbucks, what can I order? And you know, different restaurants and things like that. Very helpful. So we talked about this a little bit. Um, do you find yourselves hosting or traveling more for the holidays with us? It's hosting with you. I think it's hosting hosting now. when we can. Yep. What about you? Cause your family's dis dispersed, right? So you've got people here, you've got people in New York. So, um, due to my grandmother passing this year, um, now we really don't factor in the New York. Um, but being a divorced mom and being single now, it's the, um, shuffling around of the children on the holidays and getting them everywhere that they um, and s splitting that time so both families can be with them and they can be with both sides of the family. So it's definitely, you know, the traveling and juggling and, um, you know, even last year they were just exhausted and so they got to the point where they're like, can we just wait until tomorrow to open the rest of the gifts? Like, they were just out. And so that sometimes, you know, is a new challenge of keeping the spirit, especially around, like, the Christmas holiday, um, but at the same time trying, you know, to think of them and to think of how much, you know, 
how many times does you know a kid want to really celebrate Christmas when they're just running to three or four places all in one day? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it is. I know that we definitely stopped traveling a lot after, for the holidays anyway. We mostly host. Uh, we have since Kate was diagnosed. It's just easier. You know, we did the whole travel thing when she was little. I remember one year, and that was when she was still in a car seat, undiagnosed at this point, but still four people, four houses one day. I did that once when she was a toddler. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um because they don't enjoy it. And I, it is more now, I think, you know, we, the focus is they're supposed to enjoy their holidays. Mm-hmm. And especially now with, with her being older, we're focused more on experiences than stuff. So we'll have a, a holiday tree, but there won't be a lot underneath it because she's got a trip planned. My, my son also said, you know, he wanted, uh, he wanted a gift that's towards a trip he wants to take. So we're getting experiences more than more than stuff now, so. And I will say just that going back to when um, she was first diagnosed, um, you know, it was December 20th and we're sitting in a hospital and we knew about the heart murmur and we were just like, oh, they're so common because with congenital heart defects, it is one in 110 are born with it. Um, and so we weren't really concerned at the time. And then, you know, that morning it was like okay we have to wait and you know we didn't expect them to say she is really sick you have to get her to UVA and so like you said Jeanette you know it was like they basically told us if you can get her there within three hours you can take her or we're putting her in an ambulance and we're taking her and so like you're trying to comprehend this news um, because it wasn't you know like even though we knew something like we weren't expecting that part of it um and so you know everything that was scheduled that week before christmas um got canceled um at the time you know my ex-husband was a minister and you know anybody that's of the christian faith knows the week before christmas is a very busy time in you know the church and you know that was you know he was sitting there we decided i would take amelia to the hospital um by myself and you know do all that and deal with that He went back, had to figure out, you know, what we were going to do with our older child um, and, you know, like just all the phone calls you had to make and then all the things he had to do to get things in order and basically like 30 minutes of, you know, like just dumping everything on everybody else and dispersing it. And then while I'm driving down the road, like calling my mom and saying, oh, by the way, um, I'm on my way to UVA. Jason's going to be bringing the, you know, Audrey to you and you have to um, keep her. We don't know when we'll be back. Um, And like giving her that news over the phone. Um, I can tell you that I don't think it's just UVA. I think it's all of the hospitals, but they really do um, a nice job of trying to get patients out of the hospital before the holidays, but also have little things planned, you know, that entire week. Um, And so we were... Um, sent home on December 24th it was you know Christmas Eve that we were coming home and we were told when she comes back in January for her heart surgery she cannot be sick so we had our first experience of what quarantine really meant um, for about three weeks in between um, 
you know, of trying, you know, of not being able to do holidays and everything that was planned and all the traveling at that time, um, you know, all of that had to be canceled. Um, And of course, family understands, but it's still that disappointment that you face as the adult, um, you know, and just why, you know, and listening to the older one, well, why can't we do this anymore? Or why can't, you know, and so, you know, if people came to the door, it was basically, you know, you left things on the porch. And then, you know, like they would, you know, after they were gone, we would go out and get it. And then we would, you know, wash our hands, disinfect (laughs) everything, you know, before just to keep that chance from, you know, getting any unnecessary germs. That actually segues very nicely into my next uh, my next question. So right now, of course, we still have COVID cases. We have flu. Reason we had to reschedule from last week. I had the flu last week uh, and RSV. Right. Mm-hmm. We're in this like triple threat here to all of our kids. So what about quarantining? Like we we couldn't do this last week because we all wanted to be healthy for tomorrow. Right. And I didn't want to give flu to everybody. So, but do you find yourselves like quarantining now, limiting contact in the weeks before a holiday so that you can have that fun festive time? Personally, like I don't, I'm trying to limit indoor exposure to people. So if I'm not masked, usually I'm usually masked. So, or I'm not inside with a, with a crowd and I'll do outdoor activities. I've been relatively safe for the last two years doing outdoor stuff. So I do kind of try to limit just to make sure she's not sick for a holiday what about you yeah absolutely um our little friend group you know there's like five or six toddlers that are about about the same age in the area um we've been trying to get together for weeks and it seems like everybody's just rotating yep being sick the kids are sick the mom's sick we were all supposed to get together on monday and we just collectively decided like nope all the kids need to be well for thanksgiving you know everybody's traveling um It's, you know, it's what you got to do, but it, it sucks. You know, you want to see, you want to see your people and we're all like so close together, but we just can't, can't quite get there. Yep. Yep. What about you? Um, because uh, Amelia and Audrey are both in school. Um, it's a little harder now to really quarantine. Right. Um, so this year, um, going to school masks were optional. Um, and we really left it up to both of our children of uh, if they felt comfortable and things. And there's been times where, you know, like I work at a school, um, and so when I'm, I have to be really close with the middle schoolers that I work with, um, I will wear it, uh, my mask, or if I am around, um, like when I'm in the cafeteria, I always wear my mask um, during the lunch periods, um, just because there's over 200 kids in there. Um, Amelia's done really well with the anxiety part of it, of um, learning, and you know, if so, she knows, you know, there's been, I think one time where she's mentioned, mom, I wore my mask today, or I've worn it for a couple days because, you know, somebody that sits near me has been sick. Um, But, you know, we've taught her what she needs to do to stay as healthy as she can um and she she's old enough where she knows um what she needs to do and we let her make the choice so unfortunately like we really can't quarantine now if we know somebody in you know on either side of our family is sick that we're supposed to be around um then we obviously you know don't um if we know that they're still coming or whatever you know reason um then we don't go around them yeah 
Yeah, I got lucky because I, I work a job where I work from home four days a week. And the day that I go in, there's literally five other people in the building and none of them are anywhere near me. So I got lucky that I can pretty much quarantine all the time. <laughs> what about what about you? Jeanette? Yeah, school definitely makes it hard. Um, she's in her second year of preschool right now. So she goes three days a week. Um, it's a very small, like one room, you know, 12 kids, two teachers. They're all kind of on top of each other. Um, they did close down for a couple of weeks just because everyone was sick. Yeah. Um, but the week before they said, Hey, we're going to be closing down. You know, the teachers are sick. All these kids are sick, but you have time. You can still send your kid if you, you know, need to arrange childcare. We were like, Nope, we're not sending her. Um, so luckily with preschool, you can get away with that. But once you get into older grades, I don't know how much you can really not go in if everyone else is sick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not really an option. I mean, Kate, Kate's school is smaller. I think the total population is only like 400 kids, but it's a big high school. Um, she's there all day. The all day students make up maybe a hundred, hundred kids. And, you know, I don't know her mask compliance is it's, it's up to her. Um, I don't make her wear it. I know she doesn't, she wears it when she doesn't feel good. She wears it when her lunch crew, uh, the ones that she's really only personally close to, uh, when someone is sick in, in the lunch crew, she'll put it on. Uh, otherwise I think she doesn't, but you know, at this point, I mean, just trying to keep them healthy is, is a battle enough. I'm not going to fight to, to, you know, put your mask on all day. I'm not there to police you anyway. I'm not going to do that. She's 17. But when they get sick, um, how much do you dread the thought of a medical visit during the holidays simply because the doctors are out and you know if you go in on, you know, if you have to go to an ER or an urgent care on Christmas or that week or Thanksgiving or that week necessarily, you're not maybe getting the best and the brightest in the ER. So how much, how much do we dread the, the idea of the hospital around the holidays? Well, we've had our fair share of urgent care visits over the years. Um, don't really love them because none of them really know anything, you know, about your child's condition. They, they know what, you know, they've had a few minutes of, you know, their schooling on. So like anytime she gets a prescription, they don't know if it's gluten-free. The pharmacist doesn't know if it's gluten-free. Um, yeah, she had yeah, an, an ear infection this spring. She was on a course of antibiotics. It took us four days to decide to give her the antibiotics because no one, even the manufacturer, could confirm that it was gluten-free. Wow. Um, and we just had to decide we were going to give it to her because she needed, you know, the treatment. And then her next blood work showed higher levels. Yep. Um, so we assume that it was related to celiac or to the... Um, the antibiotic that she was given, but nobody actually knows. So it's just like all that anxiety over, you know, the medical system and not, no one really under, quite understands. Yeah. Um, especially when you go into those places, they're Googling, they're like, oh, do you, do you know if that's gluten-free as they're prescribing it? I don't know. <laughs> right. Yep. Kate has a, a new uh, diagnosis this year on top of diabetes and celiac and it's ADHD. And so, um, it's interesting to watch her different doctors uh, reactions when I say that they've that we've now been prescribed a an ADHD medication and um, so that is yeah that's a that's an interesting an interesting thing so and I'll just add um, we've been fortunate that you know there's always that risk and that worry um, of the same things that you you mentioned Jeanette um, we've been fortunate um, not to other than when she was 
firstborn um, and in her earlier years need to do the clinic runs um, around the holidays. Um, but I would say anytime we have to take her someplace that is not her regular pediatrician, they always just look and they see her scar and they're like, oh, okay. And they, and they just, so when they listen to her heart, they just suspect a murmur because they see the scar that says she's had an open heart surgery. Um, so I would just say, you know, like I know personally how the murmur is supposed to sound and the medical terminology for it. So usually when they say, um, you know, does she have a murmur or, you know, do you know what her murmur is? I was like, you tell me and I'll tell you if we need to run any cardiac tests. Um, because <laughs> I know murmurs can be very subjective from one person to the next. So I know the range, you know, and the medical terminology for yep. what hers should be after her surgeries. Um, and so that's, you know, a big thing because sometimes, sometimes they don't even mention a murmur because they just assume it. And then other times, you know, or you'll have the other spectrum of, oh, we need to work up all these tests. And it's like, hold on a minute. Like she can, just because she has a heart condition, she can get regular viruses. Oh, one of my one of my favorite experiences. And this wasn't even during a holiday, but we would we were going to visit my grandmother. Um, this was a few years ago, four hours away. We stopped for dinner, uh, only an hour away from our house, and um, my daughter left her insulin bag uh, at the restaurant. Oh no! And that was about seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. So by the time we get to where we're going, it is ten thirty. It's eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, Kate, take your, take your Lantus, her, her long acting insulin. She takes it at night. I said, take your Lantus. We got to go to bed. I don't have my bag. What? Um, I don't have my bag. I go search the car. I'm like, where was the last time you remember having your bag? Dinner. Great. Dinner is all the way at home. Um, fantastic. Get in the car. Now the nearest emergency room is about 35 minutes away. So we get in the car and we go to the emergency room and luckily we didn't have to wait long but when i got back there it was 15 minutes of explaining to the doctor what we needed i just she just need, well what's her sugar it, it doesn't matter what her it, it's this well she doesn't need a, a correction i'm not asking you for a correction factor i'm asking you for the long acting insulin that she doesn't have right now we will get it in the morning and and i was i'm as i'm sitting there i'm thinking how bad is it really i this went through my head how bad is it really for her to miss a dose because I got so tired of trying to explain to the medical people what we needed. Mm -hmm. I just need the long acting insulin. And they were trying, they could not understand the emergency. So I, I dread, I dread ER visits in general, but during the holidays, I dread them even more. But now we're gonna, we're gonna switch a little bit. Uh, I'd like to talk about self-care. So what do you do uh, to keep yourself sane kind of during this holiday season because this is stressful i think when you're when you're trying to manage your kids illness too it, it just adds another layer so kimberly what kind of self-care are you doing these days self-care what's that now <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm a school counselor um so i'm constantly pouring into those kids um as well as you know my own too um so when i'm able to i enjoy um, trying to run um, with the Bros and Bras group or on my own, um, doing hikes, um, sometimes just, you know, like a long, hot bath, um, you know, just, or taking time just to read a book. Um, 
just something different. Um, and I've, you know, learned your house doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you, you know, like if it doesn't get cleaned or, you know, vacuumed one for a couple days or a week or more, hey, that's okay. Um, as long as the kitchen and bathrooms are good, I'm good to go. Um, but, you know, just realizing um, not to, to take on and make and create more stress than what you need to. And that's been a, a lesson that I am continuing to work on. That's that's good. That's good. What about you, Jeanette? What are, what that's kind of really great there? advice. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say um, just trying to slow down a little bit. Like I'm somebody that I like to say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I can't do everything, but I think I can or I want to. Um, you know, I want to go see all, all the family and all the friends or, you know, I want to make everything or I want to do all the art craft projects. You should see my Pinterest boards. They never get done, <laughs> but they're there. Um, but yeah, for myself, I really love to hike. Um, even just by myself, you know, just getting out in the woods and no music, nothing in my ears, just like listening. It's just the most peaceful sound. I love it, especially when it's cold out. Fall hikes are the best. Um, definitely love a good bubble bath, like Kimberly said. Um, just honestly, alone time is like just really nice sometimes. Even just like sitting in the car before you walk in the house, like for 10 minutes is really nice. I know it sounds sad, but I mean, it's like really great. <laughs> I drive. I love driving. I will go hiking uh, alone or or with with friends. Uh, I do runs with bros and bras as much as I can. I am one of the few I think that hates the cold. So <laughs> I'm I, I would. <laughs> I, I I'm there in the summer, right? I'm down. I'm here for it. If it's 90 degrees, I don't care. I'm gonna be out on the trail. But when it gets below 40, I'm having some severe motivation problems and getting up and out of my house. So. The, the fall hikes are good as long as it's like 50s, 60s, but then when it dips, I'm like, no. Uh, so I haven't been doing a lot. Of course, I had the flu last week, but I haven't been doing a lot the past couple of weeks, but I am doing the turkey trot. And uh, yeah, I have a couple of areas uh, near me that I just uh, have a wildlife management area. After the new year, I'll be spending a lot of time there. I'm uh, avoiding the hunters right now. It's safer for everyone. Smart. So, yes. Yes. Wear your orange, right? Blaze orange. Yes. <laughs> So, so nobody's really doing anything different during the holidays than, than any other time of the year for self in terms of self-care? I did actually just sign up for Noom this week. Have you heard of Noom? I have. You it's me a little bit really about that awesome. Part. Yeah. So I like it because it focuses on like one day at a time um, because that's honestly what I do in terms of like Macy's management. Yep. I really, that's all you can really like keep in your head and stay sane. So I just focus on one day at a time. And then you make the next right decision. And it's the same thing with your health. You know, yep. maybe one day you're working on your water goal. And then I'm like just trying to add in more veggies. Um, and just staying accountable to like logging in everything every day. If you do it, you get a coin, which oh, gives nice. you absolutely nice, nothing nice. except you want the coin every day. And you don't want to miss getting a coin. Right. So, so far, it's only been like five days or something. But I've gotten a coin every day. So it makes me feel good. It makes me motivated. You know, you weigh in every morning. You drink your water, you log everything you eat, and it shows you the different colors of your food, like unlimited green food. Nice. And nothing's okay. bad. It's just categorized. And it shows you, like, maybe you went over, you know, one category one day. So then the next day you kind of know to watch for that. So I really like it. I think it'll, I think it'll help a lot. Good, good, good. And so we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the stressors 
of uh, of this time of year. Now let's talk about the uh, the happy stuff. So, uh, Kimberly, what are what are some of your favorite things, like from October to January? What are some of your favorite things about the holiday season? What are your girls like? So, um, since the divorce, they always um, go to their dads and spend time with him and his family for Thanksgiving. Um, so, something that I created um, is having a Thanksgiving um, on the weekend before with me and the girls. Um, and so that was the first year. And then it's turned into sort of like a Friendsgiving. Um, so um, now we just, you know, a couple of us single parents and stuff just get our kids together and um, we just have a Friendsgiving instead. So um, I always look forward to that um, because it's just, you know, it's it's still a Thanksgiving because when you really look at it, Thanksgiving is a day on the calendar. Um, so we just celebrate it on a Saturday instead of on a Thursday. Um, my girls um, love baking with me. Um, and so um, one of the things I always joke around say that I don't have many talents um, to pass down to them. Um, but we love baking from scratch and doing all of the Italian recipes that I grew up as a kid um, making with my mom and my grandmother. Um, and so um, in the next week or two, when, we, when they return, we'll be starting our Christmas marathon of baking where we usually bake over, um, if, we go, if we do everything um, and we don't cut the batches, um, it's usually over 100 dozen cookies, um, all from scratch. Oh my um, gosh. And it's usually like an all day thing. Um, so I really enjoy that. Um, I mentioned, you know, we've started doing the Christmas 5K together. Um, so we just try to find little things um, that are around the holidays just to spend more time actually like doing something together instead of just sitting in the same room um, and things like that. That's nice. That's nice. What about you, Jeanette? Uh, yeah, so it might be crazy, but this year we're going to start Elf on a Shelf. So send any ideas my way. <laughs> um, the elf might forget to move a couple days, but we'll see how it goes. Um, something that's really cool, too, is I've seen online they make little, um, like, blood glucose monitors to put on your little elf nice. and, like, insulin pumps and things like that. But I don't know that we're fully going to go that route just because I don't want to make everything about diabetes, right. you know. It might be nice to just have a doll, not a doll with diabetes. Exactly. Even though it's cool. We could always do that another year. Um, but maybe we'll just start with the elf and see how that goes. Um, we all love Christmas. Christmas tree. My husband does not like a real tree. I love the real tree. I want the needles everywhere. I like the smell. I'm with you. I'm totally I love with it. You. I want to go cut one down, you know. <laughs> He's like, let's pull out the fake one. So we might have to flip a coin. We'll see how it goes. Um but we love going to see, even now, we'll drive around and see if anybody has Christmas lights out. Um, we like to put our Christmas lights out early. In the fall, we have a garden, so we had like, you know, 20 pumpkins on the front porch. Oh, and nice. My daughter decorated them all, and she has all the fall decorations up right now. So she's an artist, so she, there's just art and paper everywhere in my house. Um, so, Kevin, that's why we needed all the art supplies on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you're laughing at me. Um, but she puts them to good use. Um, yeah, just everything about the Christmas season. We've already started listening to Christmas music, of course. Um, just getting together with family. Some baking, not anywhere close to what Kimberly's doing. Um, just because I really do not enjoy 
having to measure every little thing. Right. Um, that's more stress for me than fun. Definitely. So I'd rather be doing another activity and doing the cooking by myself, but we'll see. You can wing it sometimes. Sometimes. I know. I think, <laughs> I think as the years go on, I will, but I just feel like this big sense of like, oh, I need to control everything and make sure she's good and healthy yeah. and so we are a Halloween household, and so we do it big for Halloween, and then kind of understate uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, although I am a big fan of a real tree. I think we do have an artificial one somewhere. We've never put it up. I'm like, I won't make you go cut, cut it down, but we're getting a real tree, and you have to go do this, and I need it by this date. Um, so I'll take, I'll take the kids. Uh, I did this when, when both my kids were younger. Uh, sometimes Kate will join me now because I do also like to go around and look at the lights. I don't like actually putting them up, but I do like to look at them. And uh, one of the things that we always love to do is, is chocolate chip cookies. And uh, they both have different things they like to put in the cookie dough. We use basic sugar cookie dough. And then I'm like, all right, what, what do you want in there? And uh, so they'll help me with that. So those are kind of some of the traditions that we do. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas starts, you know, in October and just kind of plays through. So... <laughs> That was, uh, and then, um, what are some, uh, so what are some of Macy's favorite activities? Um, well, I mentioned art quite a few times. Um, she literally will like come downstairs in the morning and just start drawing nice. until it's time to eat. Um, so she's pretty good at entertaining herself when she wants to. Um, otherwise she's just pulling on you all day. <laughs> um, she wants to play. She loves owls. Um, oh, nice. those are her favorite. So everyone in her life has given her a stuffed owl. So we have yes. way too many of those. Um, she likes to hike. Um, she's excited about running tomorrow. Oh. She's very fast. I think she's definitely nice. going to cry, though, because she wants to win. So Ooh. I'm trying to, we're working on that today, but I don't know if we'll be there by tomorrow. <laughs> so there may be tears. Um, she loves to be outside. She loves anything helping daddy with a tool or in the garden. You know, how do I do that? What is that? She likes working on the cars. Um, we have a, a swing set in the front yard, which was best decision we've ever made yeah. because we don't have to go to the park we can just go outside nice um yeah she just she's very social she talks to everybody um it's very much like my dad in that way nice. <laughs> i like to just get in and out sometimes <laughs> but she has to talk to everybody in the grocery store find out their name mm -hmm. tell them where she lives her birthday all that um but yeah she's just she's very social she loves going to school awesome um yeah she's great what about your what about your kids? What are some of their favorite holiday-themed or otherwise yeah. activities? So, Audrey is my 13-year-old, um, and she loves anything to do with books and pets. So, she wants to be a veterinarian, and so um, on her dad's side, she will be with the dogs whenever I go and pick them up. She's always sitting there um, on the hill, no matter what type of weather it is. Um, she wants to be outside and she'll just have the dog beside her and a book with her. Um, so anything, books and animals, is definitely up her alley. Nice. Um, she's definitely the child that you do not wake up in the morning. Um, you know, <laughs> going in that, in that teenager mode. Um, but she is into um, warrior cats um, and some Harry Potter and things like that. So um, usually if I, if, she, if there's any books that might be questionable, um, I make my mom read them first, um, because she's <laughs> retired, and so she has the time to sit there and read a book, um, so, um, sometimes she'll get into, you know, different series that maybe, um, 
historical or have some questionable content of, okay, is it appropriate for a 13-year-old? Um, and so I usually just, Mom, Audrey wants this book. Can you read it, please, and let me know? Um, and that way, you know, I'm still being the responsible parent. But at the same time, um, you know, how can you, what do you say if a child just wants to have a book in her hand all the time? You really can't. Um, Amelia is my child that is, even with her conditions, um, like I said, she always wants to fit in. She always wants to be, you know, doing what everybody else is. She's my social kid. Um, so no matter, even if she's not feeling the best or even if she's more tired, the older she gets, she's pushing herself um, to hang with everybody else as long as she can. So she definitely likes being around um, people, doing things. Um, she loves, um, you know, like at least once a month when she's with me, she'll ask to go and spend the night at my parents' house and just nice. having some one-on-one -on -one time over there, um, which actually is good for her, but it's also good, um, gives me and Audrey some one-on-one -on -one time, um, which that is rare when you're a single mom. Um, usually it's like you always have both of them. Um, and then, you know, both of the girls are just, they really help out. So, you know, like Audrey likes cooking, so she will actually help me with like the dinner part sometimes. Um, and then Amelia is really more into the baking. Um, and even, you know, like both kids, I'll go upstairs and, you know, one of them will be folding the laundry and I'm like, okay, that's great. Thank you. Um, you know, so they do like helping. Um, Amelia, I'm taking it as long as I can get it. Even though she's 11, she still loves like getting beside me on the couch and snuggling. Um, so I will not turn those down because I know that. Don't ever turn those down. Exactly. <laughs> the, the older they get, the less that happens. You, you don't get it as much when they're 17. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd love to say, you know, Kate's favorite thing is sarcasm. I don't think that's allowed <laughs> though. So, um, yeah, no, we, we've dealt with the whole, I'm not coming out of my room and, and everything sucks. It, we, we've passed that teen phase and so now it's it's uh we're at an interesting stage she's 17 uh she wants to accompany me again now for the first time in like three years so she'll be there tomorrow uh at the run she'll probably be with me at south berkeley she's now interested in doing more of the walking she, she doesn't want to run yet but she doesn't want to walk so i'm like all right let's go um the conversations that we have now are, are more adult and so mm -hmm. that transition it's it's good. It's uh, it's been it's been really fun the last few months when she's been coming out of her shell, talking to my friends more. She had a whole conversation with Kevin at breakfast one day. Um, you know, she talks to a couple of my other friends that are business owners because now we're thinking, all right, we're going to be 18 next year. What do we want to do? And so she's talking to people that are running businesses that are working to find out what what she wants to do. That's so. awesome. So it is good, and uh, I don't I don't have any more questions. So. I would just add, um, one of the things that really helped me, especially when we were going through the initial diagnosis and then the surgeries and things, was for any diagnosis, there are always support groups of other moms, especially. Um, and I would say some of the friendships um, that I've formed with um, the other moms have been really helpful. And even when, you know, like you start noticing something, it's like you know, like, instead of just, like, calling the doctor right away, you can message, you know, put a group message into, you know, out to the other moms and say, hey, has anyone else ever experienced this? Or, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, 
you know, it was a big thing, um, you know, when we had just a thread going on um, back with COVID about um, when, as the ages went down for the boosters and for the initial shots, you know, like, just, you know, what are different doctors saying? What are, you know, what are pros and cons? And each of us were making our own decisions, but it was nice just to bounce ideas off. And it was just nice to have other moms and dads that have been through and are going through um, what you are going through. Um, and so I would just say the support groups at any time of the year um, has just the advice from people that have been through it um, has been very helpful. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I have a mom friend in Georgia that I met online through one of the diabetes groups. Nice. Never met, but we'll text each other. Hey, what do you think about this blood sugar graph? What should I do? What can I change? Or we had a terrible night and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. same. Um, And you just kind of like commiserate that way sometimes. I think when you're first diagnosed or, you know, your child, you join 100 support groups and then you find out, oh, most of these are bullshit. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stick with like these three or four because that's what I'm really getting the most out of. And I'm really getting support from that. Um, And I think that's really kind of helpful. Just, you know, you don't have to have your foot in everything. You only have to have it in what makes sense for you. Right. So I think that's really helpful. I found it helpful. I've found some, I'm going to say off, off color support groups. Uh, I think one was called Fuck Diabetes. I'm allowed to say that, right? Okay, go for yeah, it. Yeah, fuck diabetes. And uh, I, I really like the sarcastic. And Kate has found this, too, to be a good resource for her because the, the, the illness fatigue is a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it breaks my heart. But this, there she comes to me and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And we I don't get it as much now. But it, with the first couple of years post-diagnosis, she was just really, she would go through these. And she didn't, you know, she didn't want to check her blood sugar. She didn't want to count carbs. And I get it. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, baby, but we just you know this is what we have to do and um she was able to connect online with some other teenagers that are type one and so she's got a couple of those people that she follows on social media and they kind of commiserate about you know this sucks today and and you know things like that because the lows especially sometimes i mean that's an all-day thing Mm -hmm, you know when she's low and can't can't get her blood sugars up and she's just shaky all the time and she's like i hate this so she'll get online and talk to her friends and then she you know feels a little better anyway so i find that helpful yeah absolutely and just something that i thought from one of your other questions about like the holidays what is something that is hard um if we ever want to do like a christmas picture or a family picture amelia is at first um she was too young to really know what her scar meant and then she was like you went through the younger years where she didn't care Um, But now as she's gotten older, she's very self-conscious of it. Um, So anytime she's very picky with her clothes and her shirts especially, um, because the scar goes all the way down, Um, you know, starts from, you know, the top of her sternum and goes down. And so she doesn't want anybody to see it. Um, And anything that has any type of embroidery or um, design on it, um, she's always checking because she basically will just wear plain shirts um, because it will, you know, the scar is a very just sensitive area and so anything that rubs will irritate it. Um, and so I think, you know, that was a thing of, you know, oh, I want you in a dress or this looks so cute or she'll be like, I really like this top but you can see my scar. And so trying to, you know, say it's okay if somebody sees your scar but still 
you know, recognizing that she doesn't want and really um, letting her, you know, being okay with, okay, so let's find something that you like and that you're okay with. I am dreading the prom dress conversation, especially if she's in a mood where she doesn't want her tech to be seen because she wears her glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. She has a continuous glucose monitor. It's on all the time. She wears it on her stomach. We're getting the Omnipod, which is a, it's a tubeless insulin pump that I figure she's also going to wear around her stomach. And so if she wears anything, yeah, you know, fitting. hugging or form fitting, they're going to show. And now most of the time she doesn't care, but sometimes that's, that's, that's her trigger. And so I'm, I'm really dreading that prom dress meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. We've actually started hitting that too. Um, just with trying to find like new spots. Cause Macy's been on the Omnipod since March, okay. which is the insulin pump. Um, yeah. And you just, especially on little bodies, mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of real estate. And you have to rotate sites. Yep. And she refuses to do some sites. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Fun. Yeah, I'm not going to put it there. Yeah, yeah, and then your day gets 100 times harder. So we've started putting it on her arm when her leg needs a break. And she, you know, she wears her glucose monitor on the other arm. And she'll tell me, Mommy, that looks awful. And it just breaks my heart oh, because oh. I... You know, I don't want her to feel like that. But it's, it's valid. You know, right. she doesn't... Maybe she doesn't want people to see it. Does she have any problem wearing them on her arms? Either no. One? No. Except that she sleep. She loves to lay it on um, on one of her arms. It's her favorite arm to sleep on. So Let's when it's time that. to rotate on that that arm, then she reads low all night because she's putting so much pressure on it. Yep. Um, so that's really fun. We we do everything in the um, on the on the stomach because whenever Kate puts the uh, CGM on her arm, within three days it's gone. I don't uh. know what she's bumping <laughs> into or why. But yeah, we've tried everything. We have tried skin tack. That's a patch over patches that go on over the CGM to keep it in place. Nothing works. So. Yeah. My husband put one on um, as <laughs> just a trial one day oh, and nice. within an hour knocked it off in the doorway. So yeah. it yep. definitely happens. CGM is continuous. Glucose monitor. Yes. yes. Sometimes you got to break it down. All right. <laughs> 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 you got it? Yep. Cool. I would say the only thing I was going to recommend as you were wrapping up initially was maybe go around the room and see what has helped with and that's exactly what Kimberly kicked off with yep. right there so I think it's a good podcast guys thanks for being on alright bye today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting you can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs, give Brackens a call.